It's good to see you again, and we will be looking in 1 Thessalonians once again, chapter 4. And we'll be looking at verses uh, 1 through 12 again, but uh, talking about some uh, second part of the message. But I want to bring you up to par on the first part, so uh, before we do get started, let me uh, begin with a word of prayer. Father, I just want to thank you for your love and your grace, and once again for this opportunity to uh, uh, bring your word and your message, and I just pray that you'll anoint it in a very special way, and that your grace and its sufficiency will do its work in our lives and our hearts, that will allow you to uh, show us what we need to uh, to see and, and uh, how we're to respond to this. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As uh, I, I began last week, we, we began to talk about a genuine walk. And uh, this church at Thessalonica was a church that was not without problems and not perfect, but it was a church that was growing, a young church, and it had a lot of genuineness about it. It had a lot of authenticity. Uh, authentic uh, uh, aspects of it uh, that we need to look at. And so as we um, uh, look at this, I, we're talking about the walk. We've gotten into the walk now. They, we talked about how they look before other people in different ways, and now it's the walk that we're talking about, the sanctification. And, uh, you know, we begin with our... As I talked about last week, we begin our Christian walk with a walk of faith. We walk towards the Lord. As, he con as the Holy Spirit convicts us, as, as our lives are challenged and we're, uh, we see our sin and we see that we need uh, forgiveness in our hearts and our lives, as the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to this, we can either say yes or say no and walk away. And for those who say yes, we do this in faith and we trust the Lord and, and what the promises that have been brought before us uh, are uh, and that they're real and, and they, uh, they become real to us because of uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to do a work in our life and the Holy Spirit comes to indwell in us at that time. And so it's a walk, but it's a walk that, that is, uh, begins with faith. But that walk so often is a walk that uh, continues in sight instead of faith. We so often do things purely by what we think ought to be done without even consulting the Lord and without even talking with the Lord. And, and we, uh, we fret when we, uh, we run into difficulties and problems and, and we run into people that that are uh, against us or opposing our views and opposing our walk and our, our way of life. And, and so we, uh, we try to work it out ourselves and we become more fretful and, and uh, we uh, end up being defeated as a Christian. Why? Because one of the main reasons is we're not trusting the Lord enough. We're not depending upon Him. We're not walking by faith. We forgot that our walk began by faith and it should continue by faith. Uh, in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you are saved through faith, that not of your own. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so it began there, and it's to continue in faith. And it is a walk, and that's another thing that we need to, uh, to look at. Paul often refers to it as a race or a walk. 
and he uses those uh, terms to describe a a uh, step-by-step experience or an ongoing experience so the genuine Christian life consists of a walk and uh, you know what is what is uh, involved with a walk well walk is going somewhere I mean you know it has a destiny it should have and as believers our destiny is to please the Lord it's a progression walking and you know includes progression I mean you know, you're, you're moving forward. You may not feel like you're moving forward at times because of your three steps forward, two steps backwards. But the thing about this, even with our setbacks, uh, we should keep uh, on progressing little by little. And walk involves dependency. We're depending upon our legs to move us forward, our, uh, you know, in our walk. And, and so we're de- we should, as Christians, be depending upon the Lord Jesus Christ in our walk for him, yielding to him moment by moment, day by day. And then it is an excelling. Walking is not uh, reaching a point of satisfaction, and so often we become content in our Christian life where we are. Walking with the Lord should be continually growing. You know, especially uh, we as older people. We get to the point where, you know, well, you know, I know all this, I know all that, and, and this is, you know, this is past. Well, there's still a future as long as we're here on earth to, uh, to progress in as far as with the kingdom of God. And we should look at that, both young and old. And then, uh, second of all, we, we need to see what is involved in that walk with those steps what is involved in those steps uh, con, uh, consisting in the walk it says in verse 2 for you know what commandments we gave you by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ the genuine Christian walk involves marching orders in other words commandments military word uh, the world Satan and uh, that which is opposed to, uh, to God will try and get us to uh, march in the opposite direction. And sometimes that occurs because we begin to walk once again by the flesh or, flesh or in the flesh, by sight, by, by the natural and not the spiritual. And the genuine, uh, genuine Christian walk involves more than one step of faith. In other words, uh, it is a step of sanctification. It is a, a growing you know, a justification deals with our standing before God once we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. Glorification is when we're uh, uh, with him for all eternity, but now is sanctification. And so um, sanctification is that uh, day by day, that process of moving from justification to glorification. It's a process where we progressively become more like Christ. And so Paul says, this is the will of God that you become more like Christ. And uh, one area of their life during that time was uh, morality. And they needed to, to uh, make sure that they worked on it because uh, morality during that day, they did not have the restraints like we have today. And uh, Paul tells them, to uh, you know, to be pleasing the Lord God, and so they were not to please men nor themselves, but God. They were to do this by abstaining from sexual immorality. In verse three, now 
six reasons for walking in purity is uh, we talked about it briefly last week is that each of you know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor in verse 4 and verse 5 not in lustful passions like the Gentiles who do not know God and then in verse uh, uh, you know 6 and not and that no man transgress or defraud his brother in this manner in other words uh, stealing uh, you know something that taking something uh, sexual immorality is, is, t- is taking something that is not ours uh, to be taken and uh, out of wedlock. And so the Lord is the avenger of all these things that as we also told you before and solemnly warned you in verse 6, in other words, God will judge us for that immorality. We think that he uh, isn't if we're getting away with it or we seemingly think that we're getting away with it but one day uh, it, we will have to answer before God and then uh, five for God has not called us for the purpose of impurity but sanctification immorality frustrates his calling it, it you know hinders his calling and so uh, it works against us moving away f- uh, from sin and towards God and and so uh, it is a hindrance and uh, then, uh, consequently, he who rejects this is not rejecting man, but the God who uh, has given him the Holy Spirit. So God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit to live within us as believers. And if he wanted, uh, you know, to um, for us to uh, pick up a thousand pounds and throw it like a baseball, uh, we couldn't do it because of gravity. But if he took us to the realm that is higher than this, the realm where there wasn't gravity, uh, we could pick it up and throw it. And the same way uh, in the spiritual realm, God wants us to move to that spiritual realm where we're able to uh, move beyond all of this and we're able to uh, live the way that we should, only because God has lifted us up and we're allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and our lives. And we're not allowing the flesh and and our five senses to control us totally and then we we see that the genuine walk involves a step of love in verses 9 through uh, 10 it says now as to the love of the brethren you have no need for anyone to write you for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another and so uh, we're to love one another for indeed you do practice it towards all believers who are in Macedonia but we urge you brethren to excel still more two loves are involved here relational love and it usually ties into something that you uh, you like and it it can deal more with emotion sometimes and than with action and and so uh, action controlling you and then there's the agape love that deals with the choice and it's God's type of love and so it's always visible sacrificial and beneficial Uh, the church that Paul was was dealing with was uh, demonstrating both types of love they were relational and there was emotion involved but they were relational because Jesus Christ Uh, had made it possible 
for them to love one another in that relationship, bring them together in unity. And, but they also loved sacrificially, and that was very visible. And it, was, uh, it involved being beneficial or, or being a, uh, a, a, a person that, uh, beneficial in the sense that, that they were sacrificial, they were unconditional in that love, they were uh, touching other lives no matter how they felt. In other words, they were reaching out to others, and that's how it benefited the kingdom of God. Sometimes we just don't feel like loving one another. We don't feel like uh, reaching out to that person. Uh, this morning in the service, you know, we, uh, we talked about the parable of, of forgiving. Sometimes we don't feel like forgiving, but the Lord didn't ask us uh, how we felt. He told us to forgive, because if we don't forgive, then we are in prison by our emotions and our feelings and, and that other person. And so uh, Paul is, is telling them that they have this agape love. And this agape love is a God's type of love, God's love uh, for them and is to be worked out through them. And so uh, people need that, that touching style of love that relational love today especially uh, during crisis times like we have we've been taught by God to love but we also need that need to show the world the sacrificial type of love the love when uh, you know people don't love us back it seems like the love when they haven't done anything for us but we're reaching out to them so often we see this even amongst Christians where, well, they haven't done uh, anything for me, and we look at it that way, and why should I do anything for them? Why should I reach out in love to them? Why should I show them any compassion or any feeling or, or try to help them? And, you know, you see it so often. And, and a lot of us, we play the game of the Holy Spirit. We think that we know who deserves this and who doesn't. And so we take this feeling that we have, this emotion that we have, this uh, preference that we have, and we use it, and we use it in the sense of action. And we, uh, we act in the way that is not Christ-like, not godly. And, and we uh, tell believers, uh, you know, that uh, even believers, well, you know, I'm not going to do that for them because I just, I don't think they deserve it. Well, that's not our place. We're to reach out to that person and we're to love them. You know, fish swim because it's their nature and birds fly because it's their nature. God is love. And love should be a part of our nature as children of God. If we know God, then we will love. And if we don't know God, then we can count on God not being the domina uh, dominating uh, leader in our life. It is either us or it's Satan or it's, uh, you know, uh, someone else. But it's not God. And so we should uh, show this agape love. And like I said, it's not always easy but it is a choice to be made we choose it we choose to do it or we choose not to do it and it's 
it's left up to us. And if we're disobedient, it's not because of that person. It's not because of what they've done or not done. And it's not because of God. It's, by, it's because of us. And what we're allowing to be demonstrated in our life as uh, controlling and uh, the one who is in authority over our life. And it's certainly not God if we're not choosing to love others. And then in verses 11 and 12, we see a genuine walk that's involved. It involves a testimony. It says, 11 and 12, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and to attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you so that you may behave properly towards others and not be in any need. You see, a genuine walk involves a testimony. Evidently, some of them, because of the teaching, had gotten to the point where they weren't working. They were maybe looking for the Lord. They had heard about Paul's uh, teaching on uh, the Lord's return, and they had misinterpreted it, which the, uh, Paul will uh, straighten out in chapter uh, 4 uh, further. But uh, evidently, some of them were not, uh, they had too much time on their hands. And too much time on their hands means that they, uh, you know, that idleness means that they've got a lot of things that can come through that mind at that time. And they can begin to do a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing. And so Paul was uh, telling them, because of your idleness, it seems like, because of you sitting around and because of you having too much time, you're misusing what you're excusing your lack of work for. Number one is whether you were released from work or whether you quit work because you thought the Lord was coming back, you are misusing that time because you have become idle in your thinking and, and your idleness has led to uh, busyness and your business is of other people's business. Not for their benefit, but to start talking about them and, and to enter into their, their life and to become judgmental and you're sitting around like that, that armchair quarterback that uh, uh, you know has nothing to do but watching TV while they're out there uh, running their uh, legs off and getting beat to death at the football game. He's sitting back and he's uh, making judgment calls. And he's talking about how lousy the coach is and what he did and what he didn't do. You know, a lot of us do that. A lot of us do that at times. And, and uh, we, we become the, uh, the judge. And we begin to say things that uh, if it got out, it could be hurtful. And uh, these, these radio talk show hosts, they do the same thing. The sportscasters. It's not watching the game anymore and seeing this or that, but it begins to lead into too much time there to discuss about what they think ought to be done and how they're not doing it and this coach is lousy. And, and then they begin to, if they're not careful, lead into what kind of person it is and why he made that, that uh, choice and all of this. And, and it, it, you know, it, it, it just uh, 
makes things a lot worse. And Paul says, you've got, you know, some of you got too much time on your hands. He says, and to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be out witnessing. Doesn't mean we shouldn't be out doing things. It just means that we should be doing things for the Lord. And attend to your own business and work with your hands just as we commanded you. Now, that, does that go contrary to what we've been talking about on Sunday morning with church discipline? No. That was with, out of concern, trying to draw that believer back over a process, loving them and wanting to see them restored. And if they didn't, having to go through that process with a broken heart because uh, you know that uh, you know, it, uh, it's going to be a painful experience for that person, and hopefully the, that uh, discipline will help them in their painful experience uh, get to the bottom of their life where they have to look up to God and see what's wrong in their life and come back. No, that's not what it's talking about. This is just being busy in somebody else's business, just trying to find something to gripe about, something to talk about. Something to, uh, to make that person look bad. Something to run that person down with. He says, just as we commanded you, so that you may behave properly towards outsiders and not be in any need. In other words, do what is right. Stay busy for the Lord. And then you will give a proper testimony before others. We as believers need to realize that. And that can only come by being willing to allow God and His love to control us. Our choice to forgive. Our choice to forgive brings to our mind our condition that we didn't deserve to be saved that we didn't deserve to be forgiven. There's nothing in us that, that made God say, hey, man, that, that person or Mike needs, you know, we need to forgive him. Boy, he's a wonderful man. No. We're totally depraved. We're sinners. And in our sinfulness, there's no way that we can become holy, righteous before God. Only because of God and His righteousness bestowed upon us can we be saved. We did not deserve it. It was God's choice, not ours. God's choice to choose to offer us the wonderful gift of salvation. The wonderful forgiveness in Jesus Christ. The wonderful promise of one day being glorified with him forever. It was his choice. And just as it's his choice to extend that sacrificial love, that unconditional love, by his grace we can do it, but only by his grace, by way of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you for your love and your grace. Help us to extend it to others in our walk. May they see that exemplified. 
We can't do it on our own. Lord, I know how many times I've failed and still fail. But it's a joy when I see you controlling my life. And especially in situations like that. Where the flesh can react and act another way so quickly. And it doesn't. It's only because of you. Your grace and your Holy Spirit. That I'm able to walk that way at those times. Help me to be more consistent in it. Help us all to be that way. May the world see a unique and powerful walk among Christians. In Jesus' name, amen.